You wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire, to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. <laughs> Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. Hello, welcome to No Church Answers. This is Podcast 317, and that bit of sampling at the start signals a special large-sized podcast on Season 2 of The Chosen. I'm Steve Titch, producer and acting host, filling in for Bill Cox. With me is No Church Answers regular Robert Koshu, who is a first-rate corporate trainer and one of the congregational leaders of our church's youth ministry, so we call him the professor. This is our second podcast on The Chosen. If you want to go back to uh, podcast 311 we did about a month and a half ago, we covered season one pretty much in depth. And, uh, not ones to scare you away, so, so, uh, you don't have to listen to it, but, uh, we will, we did cover, uh, the introduction of a, of a number of characters, of course, who continue in season two. And season two brings us new characters, and a, uh, a wider story. So, so before we get started, I, I want to launch off a spoiler warning. Yeah, this is based on the Bible, and many of us are familiar with the, the New Testament and the Gospels and what happens there. But as I mentioned, the writers have chosen to throw a few other narrative balls in the air with some of the apostles and characters and given them backstories. And some of those are still getting resolved. So if you haven't watched all of season two yet, you may want to step back because we will discuss this, the, 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 uh, all, all eight episodes. With me here is our, the other, our, probably our chosen big fan, <laughs> Robert Koshu on this special. Uh, and the two of us are going to go through, uh, the, 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 the second season. Um, well, what do you think, Robert? I'm going to go to Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this. I don't, there's a little talk about, so let's talk some, some things. So first of all, bigger budget. They, they, they had a budget and then, controversy enters the chosen the controversy was they chose to film at an lds that's the latter-day saints commonly referred to as the mormons they actually have built a fairly accurate replica of the old city of jerusalem in utah to shoot movies at they are actually the first non-mormon production that is ever shot there and so they go there when they go to Jerusalem now. And so little controversy. There were some people, oh, my God, they're, they're more, uh, oh, please, people, get <laughs> over it. Um, the narrative stuff, as you mentioned, Steve, they start throwing some, some backstories in. And I'm going to say very, very bluntly, there is no backstory they have put in that contradicts anything in Scripture, period. End of discussion. It is, and I'm going to use one of them. We're, we're going to meet one of the disciples, the other Simon, mm -hmm. Simon the Zealot yes. is how he's often <laughs> referred to. And 
all of the backstory with the with the all of the backstory except for one thing I'll say is 155% plausible the way he trains the there when in one of the scenes when they're out around the camp Z, Z he gets called Z, Z. We'll Simon Z he, he's sitting there doing his morning <laughs> calisthenics if if you've ever watched somebody do like judo um, judo his uh, martial uh, arts yeah, yeah. martial arts moves and all that <laughs> Yeah, if you'd been training to be a zealot, I believe you would learn that and be doing it. That's entirely plausible. Those backstories kind of kind of fall in with the with the first season. What what Jenkins and his writers began to do in the second season, which which I admit was a risk that paid off. In the first season, when we saw Jesus, pretty much the scenes with Jesus were all pulled out of the Gospels, except mm-hmm. for maybe the episode of the little children. Right. But everything he was saying in there, he does say there. In season two, and, and we'll talk about it when we get to the episodes, they make up total conversations. They do. He has, he has, he has a conversation with John the Baptist, but, but probably the biggest risk they take is that Jesus gets arrested and gets at least, I wouldn't call it an interrogation, but a questioning from the Roman praetor in Which, Capernaum. Which, by the way, is one of my all-time favorite scenes. It is a great show. scene. We'll get, I'm, and I'm looking forward to yeah, getting yeah, to it. Yeah. But it is, <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it is an example of the risks they're taking. And I guess they, they are serving the story. And it's not, it's not the writers or the producers really, they've said as much. They're not in it to completely dramatize the Bible as they are to tell the story about what effect Jesus had, and they the, the, and and they are coming from it um, from from a completely biblical evangelical right. standpoint. He is God and man. Let's go into let's okay. let's talk about the the, the season opens. Uh, the first the first episode of season two is thunder. I, I know. Well, you. I know you love this episode. I, I do. I do. Uh, I confess. Be, because because the open. It, it, we we actually get in a, a picture of the the post ministry of the older apostles. That that pre credit teaser, which does play into the end, where we see the older apostles. This is this is during the Acts of the Apostles. I think it's around chapter twelve. It's almost an Easter egg. We're going to talk about yeah. it. An Easter egg, um, though though it's a sad one. Big James in the in the show has been martyred, which did happen. They mention about you know him not you know still sitting Shiva. The the other yeah. apostles are, and the John John is working out his gospel. Right, and well, uh, I, I I like I like where he's talking with Matthew, and Matthew's like, well, why wouldn't I include that? That's important, <laughs> you know. And then and then and there's a there's another side comp mm-hmm. that is almost missed. And it's when they mention J- Big James mm-hmm. being killed, and and then one of them makes a comment: he won't be the last mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is even more telling because now they're starting to see the I'm going to call ramifications of these decisions mm-hmm. they've made. And it is it is dark and story. Yes. It oh, is, very it very is, much. It so. is very um, much so and uh, and and so so moving in and yeah, i, I mm-hmm. really like it as we move across this so yeah, mm-hmm. we get there and we find out that big james and john are out plowing <laughs> a field and they do all this and the samaritan woman one of my other favorite stories 
You know, that woman is now gone, and man, she has told Jesus, everybody about Jesus. And Jesus has gained a following. Yes, they, are, they are still in, we pick up, they are still in Samaria. Oh, yeah. Are, are, are near Sychar, where, where, where they kind of yeah. left off at the end of season one. Yes. And, and, mm-hmm. and he is really, really picking up a following mm-hmm. here without even trying. I mean, he, he's not doing miracles even. You know, everyone's kind of following. And and if you remember back in the wedding guest, Thomas and Rama, the venter mm-hmm. and her um, quasi-boyfriend. But I know, he kind I, of well, he's the kind business. of the, the caterer. Yeah. She, she's, yeah. I, know, it's, I got the impression that he was the caterer. He he was managing, yeah. every, the, and, yeah. and she, but she was the, she was yeah. bringing the wine, kind of the yeah. most, you know, the most yeah. important part. Of and so they they had promised that they would show mm-hmm. up. So they did. Mm-hmm. They, they land mm-hmm. with Dad in tow. And and I love because you're totally right. So they get there and and he go and Kofni, you know. With, yeah, the father. And Kofni is, and I love how you put this. Yeah. This is the young daughter that grew up in the in the middle class Southern church. She was I, I like to think of her. She is on path to head to, and I'm gonna use a school not in Texas just because it's more fun. Mm. She's on a path to go to Ole Miss to attend the tea parties to get Mama's China and find the lawyer she's going to marry. Well, the little Christian girl found a pastor that wanted to be a missionary and go out to Africa. And Mom and Dad are freaked <laughs> out over it. And, and, and I've seen that. In, I've seen that. It's like, well, I understand you would do the Lord's will, honey, but... Can't you do it while you're married to a lawyer? You know, and, and it's really, and, and it's some, when we talked about some of these kind of conversations that dads and daughters and sons have, you know, that, yeah, you can do this, but you, you wait a minute. And that's Cockney's kind of, you know, and he, and he leaves it with Thomas, look, I expect you to protect her, you know, and mm-hmm. look after her. And Cockney goes off and leaves. But, but, that, but then it sets up, and, and we'll wrap this one up, I think, kind of quick. So they go to the Samaritan synagogue and the chief priest there, because remember one of the big controversies was Samaria had their own temple and all that. Mm-hmm. Another catch is for the Samaritans, all they had was the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, Genesis through, let's see, Genesis, Deuteronomy, I got to get it right. Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, you know, and Numbers. That's all they had for their Bible. So they go through, and Jesus, they ask Jesus, will you do the reading in the lesson, Rabbi? And he says, of course, he says, John, come, send John in. So John comes in, and John's like, which one should I do? Which one should I use, John? And John's like, you know, all they have is this, and they're missing so much. They're missing the Psalms. They're missing the prophet Isaiah. They're missing Malachi. They're missing all this. You know, but they, all they have is this. Which, and, and John looks at him and goes, I like the beginning. So Jesus pulls out, mm-hmm. and and we we'll, we'll come back to that mm-hmm. because I know there's other things we want to talk about in the episode. But you know, it's a setup, and it it shows how he's reaching out to this community that the Jews have really rejected in a lot of ways, and you mm-hmm. can see it in the conversation with John and Big James. Go, mm-hmm. no, you, you really see the oh, dislike oh, they, and the prejudice. They freak out when yes. they find out who they were plowing mm-hmm. a field for, mm-hmm. basically. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing it for who? <laughs> then there's a narrative yes. twist that, mm-hmm. that in there that mm-hmm. makes it even weirder. <laughs> so, 
Go, yeah, go ahead. Yes, well, then, then we get, yes, we get to the beast. The beast story is this, they, who they are plowing the field for. Yeah. And it gets a, you get a chance to get the feeling that, you know, they're nice guys, but, you know, Big James is really a prejudice. <laughs> he does, he, he oh. has no reason, has, as, is doesn't like the Samaritans. And, and in most cases that, that feeling is returned. And then they, and, and then there's some hubbub at the, in the middle where they're going to go arrange a big dinner because, and it turns out the dinner is for the owner of this field, which is, is a crippled man, a lame man, a crippled man. He's, and, and, and we find out his name is Melek. He's poor. He has a family. And, um, I don't even think Jesus' enemies just told, told, <laughs> James and John to go plow this field for him and and the man is overcome and then they show up with all these provisions for dinner and then yes in a big twist and another big risk we find out how he got crippled <laughs> which turns out he he was one of the group that robbed the robbed the Samaritan on the road and he took off with the guy's horse, and that's how he got crippled. Bell got thrown from the horse, yeah. but and he, and he has he has he makes this confession. But suddenly, the Good Samaritan story isn't just a story; it's drawn. Uh, it, it's kind of you know folds within folds. It kind of it and kind they, of throws you in it out for us um, really well. Um, but again, I think part of it is to illustrate the the effect that Jesus is having on people and and this this man feels completely unworthy that that Jesus the Messiah would walk into his 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 hut really mm-hmm. and that's what it is and he and and bring him bring him food and and he he he, he confesses um it's 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 a remarkable scene it's a remarkable scene and i think we will that will continue to play out well, throughout the season it, 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 it does and then mm-hmm. the the other thing about it is so at the end, you know, Big John and James, mm-hmm. or Big James and John, rather, that they start to feel better about Samaritans till they get confronted, <laughs> yes. get spit on, mm-hmm. and then, and then, you know, <laughs> and like, <laughs> Jesus call, bring them call up. fire on heaven on them, <laughs> and, and then Jesus, of course, looks at them, you know, no, we're not going to cause danger ground, die, or we're going to, we're not going to do this, blah blah blah, and then they, the Samaritans leave, and Jesus looks at him, and you put this in. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you brought it out. You wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire to burn these people up, and John. Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. And and then now now I get to wrap up because this is my yes because so, this is that. So we go back. So mm-hmm. Jesus opens the scroll, and mm-hmm. he starts reading from the first book mm-hmm. of Genesis. In the beginning, mm-hmm. God created the heavens and the earth, and it's interspersed with thunder and lightning. Back to the beginning scene mm-hmm. of the apostles old, and John writes down, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And it bounces back and forth between the two, mm-hmm. which is really the sym- symmetry of the Bible, because mm-hmm. what it really is, it's God. It, it is not a historical book. Mm-hmm. It has history in it. It's not a philosophy book. Yeah. It, it's a book of God's pursuing of humanity. To bring him, to bring them closer to him, that's what the Bible is all about, and that symmetry is so reflected when you reflect those mm-hmm. two exact scriptures back to back together, and that's mm-hmm. something I would one hundred percent tell everybody. Mm-hmm. 
look when you watch it, do that, and then pull it out and read them back to back. Well, our, our Pastor Taylor's Christmas sermon did exactly that. He did, you're, you're and I was so, so happy. It's online. You can find it. It's 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 a sermon of I believe of December twenty fourth. It's on YouTube. Uh, pitch for uh, Sugarland Baptist Church. A second episode. I saw you. And it's it's largely it's largely in the next couple of episodes do this. We see the kind of the apostles trying to work together. To, basically, it's it's a motley group. I could well, say well, that. Well, and and not only that, but you have to remember. So who who do we have here? So we have Simon, who was mm-hmm. a fisherman. He only married one of the bunch, mm-hmm. by the way. But he is also the guy who he he runs in where people lead. He views himself as the leader. You know, he, he is yeah. kind of a natural leader, but he does really view himself mm-hmm. as a leader, mm-hmm. you know, in this. But he's also the guy who at one point was going to throw everybody under the bus. By the way, he's forced to get along with his hated enemy, Matthew, mm-hmm. the tax collector, mm-hmm. who's out there. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of other Fisher guys, but they're a little different because they're, they're inheriting dad's business. So they're not out trying to... They're not building the business. They're second-generation business. Then you throw in, at this point, you, you already have also the wine guy, Thomas, who's a doubter and overthinks mm-hmm. everything. You know, and, and so you're starting to get, and then you got Mary Magdalene running around, and Andrew Simon's brother, who... Andrew is kind of like the little brother to everybody. He's always mm-hmm. picked on by everybody. He gives everybody a hard time. Mm-hmm. So you've got this group trying to figure out how to work together and they're totally different people. And I think that's mm-hmm. something you start to see because now you're dealing with personalities and it, and it comes back to your thing, Steve, the disciples for the most part in most biblical dramas, you get the impression that they all got along and everything was great. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be real. If we've ever been a part of any group of any kind, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be a lot of times you're going to get along, but there's also going to be disagreements. And and there's the, and, and it's not it's only normal. that their person that their personalities yeah. rub rub each other the wrong well, way. Especially if you're you know and and mm-hmm. I know Steve Steve has done camping with Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. I'm an avid camper. If mm-hmm. you're out camping and having to cook and clean your and cook your food and mm-hmm. and in their case find their food and do everything else, there's a little stress mm-hmm. involved in all that. It's a little in ways a little good for the soul to show people do, this is what life is like in a group. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's okay, and I think that's I, that's I think as we go through through that's one of the overarching themes of the whole this whole season mm-hmm. is this motley group coming together. But here we have the introduction, Robert, of Nathaniel. Yes, and and I think I, I just want to just step aside a minute because I it's, it's not in my notes because I thought of that, but it is what I find uniquely what I find like the man story here. Here is a man who thought his calling was one thing. And devoutly followed it and saw it as a as his gift back to God, using his gifts and finding out that wasn't it. And Nathaniel in this drama is an architect. And his big project with Roman support and officialdom, it collapses. Um, I'm not sure. Somebody dies. Somebody gets injured. Yes. I'm not sure and if another is, worker dies. And, and to quote, and to quote the, the uh, builder, not the architect. <laughs> You will never work again. Yes. <laughs> and and so mm-hmm. uh, he he goes out and sits under a, a fig tree, burns his burns his drawings, burns his plans, and looks up to God. And he 
he invokes Psalm Psalm 102. Yeah. Do not hide your face from me on this day of my on the day of my distress. And he weeps and he seems so alone. And then he uh, stumbles upon <laughs> our, our motley upon. group. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and by then, the motley group has been joined by Philip, mm-hmm. the, uh, who, who had been a disciple well, of John. That's yes. Who has a friend. We, he is a friend of Nathaniel. Yeah. They go to, he, he asked Jesus if they could swing through yeah, Caesarea. Friend. Yeah. And, and <laughs> she said, yeah, I think we're going to have something to do there when we get there. <laughs> Um, and so, yes, so, so he, he, they, these, they hook up and, and, and suddenly Nathaniel is brought into the group. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it really hits when Jesus looks at him, you know, Philip basically says, Hey, you need to come meet this Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one John was talking about. He's the one you need to say. And Jesus looks at him and says, I saw you. Mm-hmm. He evokes the under the fig tree. Yes. This back. is. To, this and, is a moment of Jesus embracing his divinity, divinity yes as you talked about mm-hmm. and it and he says you saw it and he he basically looks at Nathaniel and uses the words that we've heard him utter everywhere else follow me and Nathaniel mm-hmm. says when do we start you know and Jesus says tomorrow <laughs> you know, which, yes which, he's got it, a it, new role for yeah, him mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you got a new role and we're gonna get started on this tomorrow Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I like the interplay that starts developing here between Philip, Matthew, and, and Simon. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, Simon and Matthew have been back and mm-hmm. forth against each other no matter what. Because Simon, mm-hmm. in addition to Matthew being a Roman guy. Well, Simon owed that debt to yeah, him. Simon owed the debt. <laughs> and, but, and, and, it, but it's also the fact that that there it's not just the tax clutter versus the fisherman that owed the debt that he didn't trust. But it's also, Matthew is very, at this moment especially, very prim, very proper. His robes are mm-hmm. way different than everybody else's. Simon is, Matthew would be what I would consider a very white-collar worker. Mm-hmm. And Simon, you know, he, he's the working guy. He's the working stiff out there. Mm-hmm. He's a leader, but he is a working stiff by any so, stretch yeah, that of the class, imagination. That class conflict. Yeah. That and but but there, I think there's there's something really personal. I mean, there is a personal animosity oh, there that that so. is going to be. But, but Philip takes kind of a shine to Matthew. In fact, Matthew, we hear more about how how ostracized he is, which which gives a bit of sympathy toward him. You find out that that Matthew's father threw him out of the house when he was thirteen. Yeah, because he had decided to work um, for the moment and. He's been making his way since then, and and he's become very wealthy, uh, but he's also he's also very lonely. <laughs> I want to pause for a minute and talk about Magic Mind, ah. a productivity drink that keeps me focused and improves my con- concentration, and has helped me stay productive throughout the day. You know, I find. That coffee or caffeinated sugary soft drinks have the downsides and, you know, they can give you a jolt, a good one, uh, but then you get wired for a few hours and then, boom, you crash. And a small bottle of Magic Mind keeps me sharp and focused uh, late into the day, uh, early into the evenings. Um, I can um, enjoy, enjoy uh, 
the evening better, but not, you know, doze off. Stay up, watch the watch both halves, you know, watch watch all that whole game out of Brigham Young <laughs> out of Utah <laughs> that yesterday. And 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 you know it's funny because we we moved back into our remodeled office and they put mm-hmm. the most evil thing in the universe in it. They put one of those super fancy coffee machines that allows you to have a cafe mocha with a double shot of espresso in it, which I did a couple of times at night. And talk about a crash versus what I get out of the magic mind. Because I did that and then skipped the magic mind. And has, 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 we will find out in episode three, <laughs> sometime rules are put in place to, to avoid problems. <laughs> and what I found is the magic mind helps me avoid the problems of the crash that I get with the super sweet, super sugary, chocolatey coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's uh, because I think the folks at Magic Mind have hit upon a formula that blends macho with catechins, nootropics, adaptogens, and additional compounds and vegetable derivatives and such that balance the matcha with stress reducers and anti-inflammatories. And agave gives it a refreshing flavor. Other benefits are lower blood pressure, which I appreciate, and a strengthened immune system. And the Magic Mind team has created a super offer for me to share with our listeners. Order within the next 10 days and you'll get up to 56% off your first delivery subscription and 20% off your one-time purchase with the code NOCHURCH20. To redeem this special offer, go to www.magicmind.com backslash Jan No Church. That's www.magicmind.com backslash J-A-N No Church. Then use the code No Church 20 when ordering. But hurry, that 56% discounts, it lasts only 10 days from our episode drop date. So, episode three. Is, is really based on Matthew 4.24. And, and this is an example where Dallas and his writing team take one verse, the verses Matthew 4.24, news about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. We read this verse, and all we picture is Crowds of people following around Jesus. We're not thinking this was several days. We're not thinking they had to go set camp up and cook and eat. We're not, we don't, the way the Bible is taught to us does not present all of those human elements. Right, right. And, and it's it, this, but this is undoubtedly what happened. Oh, absolutely. Um, this, this is, you know, you, they, they were on the road. To, they were on the road. And, and really, I, this is, again, we go back to the, to the very, the, when we talked in, in 311, um, this is the world building. This is, this is first century. This is how mm-hmm. you build fires. This is how you have tents. This is how, this is how the culture lives together. And, um, it is, it is, a, I mean, it, it's, it's, I want to say Dallas Jenkins was showing off, but it is a well done sequence because you see the camera moves across the whole scene from people lining up, um, and all the activity that's going on. Um, he, you know, he's channeling Robert Altman and maybe that opening of the player. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what, what's great about it. Da- Dallas Jenkins assumes 
you as a viewer have seen a lot of secular media. A lot of Christian media assumes you haven't seen another movie, you know, ever. ever. Right. And he's pulling this stuff, and, 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 and I'll bring it up a little later, but he's pulling stuff out that you know as someone who's watched a lot of movies and a lot of media, it instantly goes to your, whatever, your emotional and visual and cultural cortex in your brain, if you want to call it that. In this entire episode, you don't see Jesus no. healing the people. No, no, it's all because happening remember, off screen. Because remember, the most important thing I think everybody needs to remember about the chosen, mm -hmm. and this is really how you have to approach mm -hmm. it, the chosen is not about Jesus. He is not the protagonist of the story. Jesus is the side character. The protagonist are all the disciples. This is an episode that really emphasizes it's not really about him. It's about the chosen. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we see them here. I mean, they get along. I mean, it's, they, 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 the conversation they have, I noted, they, they, of course, Mary they, Mary talks about his birth. Um, they, they even talk a little bit about, you know, how do they really follow the law? And Thomas says he ate meat and cheese together once. And Big James says he snatched. <laughs> you'd love that one. He snatched a bit of pork, I imagine, off a... A brigier of, yeah. of, of, of some, yeah. some first century thing, like a little pulled pork there. And it was, he said it was delicious. And, uh, so they, these guys are everyday people. But of course, what happens? Pete, Simon begins to bait Matthew and the group gets a little testy. Yeah. And until, yeah, we, we so had the, Then mm -hmm. Jesus shows up mm -hmm. and he basically, he shows up exhausted because mm -hmm. he's been out working all mm -hmm. day. You know, and he kind of drags himself to his tent. Mary comes over and washes mm -hmm. him, which I love the foreshadowing mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Well, yes, there. The, the hands, yeah. feet, and forehead. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he collapses, and they all just kind of stand by and go, oh, <laughs> we missed it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> better pay attention better next time. <laughs> you know, so it really starts to set that up. Yeah, and then we get to, we get to episode four, and my, my note here is we if last season's wedding gift... The wedding gift, the wedding at Cana, was set up as a light comedy. This episode has all the notes of a spy thriller. We we get we get two new characters: Simon the Zealot, Simon Z, and Atticus Amelius. And he, Atticus, of course, he's not in the Bible at all, but he's an he's an excellent character. He's he is he is an agent of, and I'll give you the Latin. The Cohortes Urbane, which might as well be the the emperor's secret police. Yeah, they, they they were a police force that reported straight to the Caesar or the emperor, mm -hmm. and they were mainly based in Rome, but they did kind of go branch out mm -hmm. periodically. And and I'm just going to be upfront from the beginning. I love <laughs> his character. My 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 all theory, and if I am right, I'm going to announce it here. And and. If I'm right, please somebody admit that I was right mm -hmm. when it happens. I think at the end of the day, he's going to be the centurion who confesses truly oh. this was the son of God. Okay. We that will, is my theory. We will see. That is that is great. <laughs> Actually, but again, going back to oh, but, this but is this the moment. character we all recognize. The cynical but capable agent who has a disdain for the politics, for the petty 
uh, interests of his superiors and the rulers. He treats, you know, he treats them all with a, with a, a sneer. And, 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 and he is, but, but to give him credit, he is one of the, he is probably the smartest guy in, in the, on the imperial side right now. And, and we see, and he's going to make a, a formidable antagonist. Well, he, he, and he's there because he is, he has been assigned to search out and figure out the zealots because the zealots are, they are a, Rome will put up with so much. They will not put up with open rebellion. And the zealots are open rebellion. And the zealots in this are presented as an organized, oh, yeah. almost an organized, and, and, an organized terrorist band. Well, a, a, and, and they, you know, were. we have training they, camps. They were. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yes. They, they were, they were, you know, for lack of a better term, I'm going to use it. They, they were practically Al Qaeda. They mm-hmm. had a little, they're a little religious. They had a mm-hmm. rabbi leading them. They were called to be warriors in the sense of mm-hmm. David and the mighty men. Mm-hmm. Go listen to tons of our earlier podcasts and <laughs> hear about our discussions of David and David the, mighty, the men. mighty men. But mm-hmm. they are really called to be, they are there to call, they are there, the zealots are there to kick Rome out. And By Simon, any means necessary. Right, and Simon <laughs> has bought into mm-hmm. it wholeheartedly. We get a new story with him because... This story that that this episode uh, revolves around the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, and this this particular healing it's it's a familiar one. There's a lot of healings, but just to bring our readers, in case you haven't seen it, this is the the lame man at the pool, which legend says the angel stirs up, and there might be a hot spring underneath there, but it bubbles up, the water bubbles up, and the the legend is if you are if you are ailing if you're the first one in the water, uh, you get healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he the, the lame man we know has been lame for thirty eight years, uh, and Jesus heals him and he heals him on the Sabbath. And and as part of this, and we'll see this plays into it. He tells the lame man when he can walk to go pick up your mat and go pick up your mat and go and, and- on the on the Sabbath with. But which picking up your mat would be a a a a violation of Sabbath law. Now that that's going to play into this, but the whole story about the timing of this and uh, is is what is what makes this a very gratifying story. Maybe one of my maybe if maybe my favorite episode of the season. We that's that's called it's episode four, the perfect opportunity. Well, and and I like my, one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is. There's all the other piece that goes along with it. I love the interaction between Jesus and the man at the pool because it is very much, and and this is really Jonathan Ramey at his finest as an actor. Between that and the scene here later we'll talk about, but it's, you know, the the lame man, are you going to heal me? I didn't ask you that. Well, who are you? We'll get to that later. <laughs> you, know, you know, the way, and, and it's literally the way Jesus approaches every hard conversation. The woman at the well. He's very direct with what he says, but he's very soft in his delivery. You know, he's not afraid to call things out, but he's also, 
not one who's screaming and yelling and pointing fingers at anybody. We, we have yet to see Jesus really raise his voice. We have yet to see him do anything out of, out of character for him. And what we see is a man who is totally in control. And we see that Hebrew definition of meek that we've often talked about where it's strength under control. Because you get the idea that Jesus, you know, he could have called fire down and burned the Samaritans, <laughs> you know, but he chose not to. And he reflects that in all of his conversations. Now, the, and again, the rub is that si- Simon Z, this is, this is actually the first episode that, that spends a lot of time in Jerusalem. They're in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Feast of the Booths. We see that preparation going on. Again, it's another example of the Jewish tradition and Jewish culture that is brought in and runs throughout this whole thing. But the lame man at Bethesda, we learn, we are set up, is the older brother of Simon the Zealot. Mm-hmm. And uh, who, 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 when he was a kid, fell out of a tree, broke. It looks like he broke his back, broke his spine, was paralyzed. Uh, the younger brother took care of him in a way, made sure he was included in the games. And they, they, I guess, after their parents died, they did live together for a while. But Simon, in the middle of the night, takes off to join the zealots because he's begun to witness the oppression. Um, and the treatment the Romans, uh, the, the, uh, the Romans give the Jewish people. And he leaves his, his lame brother alone. His lame brother finds his way to, uh, Jerusalem and Bethesda and has been there for 25 years. The Simon Z has been dispatched. His assignment is to assassinate the Roman proconsul in, in Jerusalem. Uh, on late, well, I guess pretty much close to sundown on the Sabbath, that's the only time, this is, again, it's like a spy thriller. They, they map everything out. Uh, it's the only time the proconsul, you know, leaves his, leaves his posh, his yeah. dwelling uh-huh. to go to, he has a favorite local restaurant. <laughs> you gotta love this. And that's, they, they know the route he always takes. And of course, Atticus is like shaking his head, like, why the heck do, does he take the same route on every Sabbath? And so he pretty much knows this is going to be the the hit point, and you know it's very well organized. Well, it's there's going to be a, there's going to be diversions, but then Simon Z, because a half hour earlier, Jesus has told the lame, his lame brother to walk, and Simon Z is on the verge of drawing his knife, and he sees his older brother walk by, <laughs> and his world is rocked. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and he decides he's going to follow Jesus at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because of that healing at the Bethesda, our old friend Shemuel, Shmel, 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 Shmel is now is now working in Jerusalem. He's Shmuel is is of course the Pharisee from Capernaum who was beside himself when Jesus cured the uh the crippled man on the sabbath and actually told him to get up and walk and he equated himself with god and 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 now this well, blasphemer well. has shown up in jerusalem and we've got to you know <laughs> we've got to get going on this well and 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 matthew of course looks at jesus and says why didn't you just wait 30 minutes to heal him <laughs> and jesus looks at him and says sometimes you got to stir the water <laughs> so episode 5 spirit we've mm-hmm. now left jerusalem 
They're camped out along the mm-hmm. side of the Jordan River near Jericho. And Simon Z has decided mm-hmm. to kind of tag along. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Atticus, <laughs> he's kind of intrigued by this, what's this deal with this mm-hmm. Messiah thing? And so he's kind of following along as we go mm-hmm. here. Schmill, meanwhile, <laughs> back in Jerusalem, we got politics afoot. Yes. <laughs> you know, he, he finds out that it's Jesus and that there was an investigation going on because he instituted, but that uh, got shut down. Why did it? Oh, because there was another Pharisee named Nicodemus that shut it down. You know, Schmill mm-hmm. was kind of on his way now doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, by the way, Creepy John enforces his creepy thing because how he greets them as they're walking, John jumps out and screams at them, <laughs> you know. And then, and then, and then, this is one of those where they took a few liberties here, but you have Jesus and John having a conversation, and Jesus and and you can tell the difference in their ministries at this point because John is very, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm confronting, you know, Herod, he divorced his wife, he married him, my followers will love it. <laughs> it is kind yes. of exactly yeah. how he approaches it. And Jesus just kind of looks at him and goes, you know how that's going to end, don't you? And then he says, yeah, but, you know, when are you going to get started? Yes. <laughs> okay, but it's your time, I know. You know, and, and, and John even says, they, you know, some of the people, they think I'm a prophet, I'm fine, they won't mess with me. Some even say I'm Elijah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus goes, mm, you know, the, your role is that like that. <laughs> yes. You know, he kind of, he, mm-hmm. he, he almost is trying to reel John in a mm-hmm. little bit in my mind. Well, I know, you know yeah. As, as they have the conversation. And and John references, and this is your Easter egg moment mm-hmm. for, the, for the Bible. He references his dad's prophecy and his mom's song mm-hmm. about him. You know, because he says two old people. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought they'd have had somebody mm-hmm. who would grow up and have wild hair and live in... Mm-hmm camel you know and so and and this is all taking place around you know the whole simon and jesus talking and then you have a whole nother setup comes up because now all of a sudden a demonic shows up and he kind of that that man possessed by a demon really kind of stirs the pot a little bit in the group quite a bit actually in the group, because when he shows in, Mary is recognized by the demon, and demon and the Mary recognizes the demon, and Mary kind of stands her ground, says, "Say your name, say your name, say your name." Z rushes in, knocks the guy on the ground, is having a really hard time. Jesus shows up and exercising mm-hmm. him like that. You know, it's like okay. So Simon and Jesus have a talk, and and. In one of my favorite scenes, Jesus, let me see your dagger. You know, and the zealots prize their daggers. <laughs> and this is the easiest way I can describe it would be if you happen to have an authentic antique Bowie knife with an elaborate hilt on it, polished silver, it is the most gorgeous thing ever. It is worth lots of money in today's world. And Jesus, is like, wow, it's really sad. It's really nice. He throws it in the river. (laughs) And and then he looks at Simon Mm -hmm. and says, follow me. I have a different way. And Simon Mm -hmm. Z suddenly realizes everything he had thought the Messiah was going to be is not what it's going to be. And Simon plays very important roles in future episodes because Simon and Big Big John 
or Big James, sorry, I always get these two mixed up. Mm -hmm. They end up being assigned to be security <laughs> for Jesus mm -hmm. a lot. And partially, Big Big James is assigned it because Big James He's is, big. He's big. <laughs> he's in, he's yeah. six foot something and intimidating. Mm -hmm. And Simon is assigned it because he's if somebody's trained. stupid enough, he's got mm -hmm. the training <laughs> to do something to protect Jesus. So he does that. And, and I, I found a couple of things here because at the end of this, Mary runs off. And in the meantime, Jesus starts telling John about, I'm working on this and it's going to be the launch. This is going to be a sermon. And, and at one point, we hear him kind of walking around, mm -hmm. and he's really kind of salt. Salt season, mm -hmm. and then, you know, but then there's light. Mm -hmm. and, and he's kind of, and he's, mm -hmm. honestly, he's doing what I do. <laughs> when I'm getting ready to do a big major training, I kind of I kind of joked, <laughs> I kind of joked with people the first time mm -hmm. I did our leadership training at my new company. I said, if you walk by my office and my door is shut, and I'm walking around waving my arms and looking like mm -hmm. I'm talking to myself, I'm not. I'm actually thinking through mm -hmm. how I'm going to say certain things. And Jesus mm -hmm. is literally doing it. If you've ever spoken publicly, yeah, you've all done it. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that's going to start to develop, I, and I want to hold on to it because yeah. it's, it's, it, could, it took a little heat from the Christian community. Uh, you mean Jesus has to, has to practice? <laughs> uh, but yeah. but this, 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 the, Mary Magdalene's character gets a little bit developed here. Yes. Uh, because the encounter with the demon-possessed man, I think, just, just lights a spark that that already had been bothering her in the very, very beginning of the episode she's gathering some fruit and she just sees a lone centurion come riding mm -hmm. by and you can see she's clearly triggered by this somehow she wants to go hide she tries her best to go hide the, the, the centurion goes by he meets another centurion they talk they go they don't even notice her but she's clearly triggered there there in the modern day you'd call it ptsd and you know we know what her former life was like and you know there's a good chance that probably she had been raped once by a roman soldier or abused there's there's no reason not to believe that um and this triggers it and then seeing the uh the demon or, or encountering mm -hmm. the demon and the demon speaks to her again this is this is what just like the season season one this is not like some gussied over with oh the man was mentally ill or he had epilepsy or he had schizophrenia the the demon says my brothers told me of you and she kind of stands she does stand up to him um which is which is admirable mm -hmm. um and jesus does exercise him but it's she's clearly She's clearly knocked back by the experience, and she does leave the camp, which, which, which again, figures later into uh, to ep the next episode, in fact. So what happens is Jesus picks Simon and Matthew and pairs them up <laughs> and says, go to Jericho and find Mary. And, and I love the first scene of these two is they wake up in, they wake up in a barn <laughs> and... Simon wakes up first and kind of, you know, grumbles, gets over to Matthew. And he looks at Matthew and he goes, what's all over your clothes? Matthew gags and everything because Matthew forgot to put fresh straw down. And by the way, they're in a barn populated by animals. So you can just run yes. your imagination. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was fairly, they, they did a fairly tasteful, but, but rather realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he rolled around in the animal dung on yes. accident. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and he freaked out and he said, why should I cook? Well, why don't I'm not a cook, you cook. 
And and basically, I love how Matthew gives Simon the the instructions: put water in the pot, <laughs> boil the water, throw the eggs in. <laughs> so Simon, okay, fine. And then they have this whole conversation about, you know, well, how do you view Mary? And mm-hmm. it, and it's apparent Matthew's taken somewhat Can, of a shine to yeah. Mary at this point. And and Simon kind of chuckles a little bit, and mm-hmm. and he, I think this is kind of a moment where Simon breaks a little bit towards Matthew, mm-hmm. because he starts to see Matthew is okay. Matthew's kind of out there a bit. I, I think the whole group recognizes Matthew is there, and Matthew has some special gifts. We'll say, because mm-hmm. I, I love how they portray him on the autism OCD spectrum, mm-hmm. but they also realize he's there for a reason. With with mm-hmm. Jesus. And this is kind of a point, I think, when this is all happening, this is the point where Matthew and Simon's relationship starts to merge and come together a little bit. Because they go, and they go through, and they go find him, and they get back. You know, and Mary was basically, she had been out and pretty much reformed, or reverted back to her former mm-hmm. life. I, I don't think she was possessed again. But she basically went back to the drinking, the gambling, mm-hmm. and probably other things. I, I I think it's very well. I mean, because she is she is so ashamed of herself. Yeah. By by, I mean, it's that was simply not just a night of wild drinking. Um, she did she was gambling, and apparently it's a very veiled. How did you acquire that first shekel? And she yeah. says, "Wouldn't you like to know?" But and. Uh, so, so she does. You know, you I guess in in church terms, backslides, but. It's it's interesting she has that reaction to all this and, and in a way it's very human because she goes back to what she's most familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Um and, a and pattern. We all, mm-hmm. we all do that as they go through and mm-hmm. you know, they, they get there and, and I love the conversations where Rama is like, Why doesn't Jesus just tell them where he is? Instead, <laughs> he sends two people who don't get along <laughs> to go find her and, and Mary is just like Going, you know, Mary the mother of Jesus mm. is like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand either. You know, he does mm-hmm. things I don't give up to. But, but what's going on? Actually, because we're bringing up because this episode's called Unlawful. Yeah, it's 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 going to deal with with um, the law and, but but tensions are growing. We we now hear John the Baptist has been arrested. Yep, and thrown. <laughs> thrown in jail forever i guess <laughs> because herod is judge you know judge jury and and yeah he's going to ultimately be executioner he executed yeah, uh, but just but he's john he's yes level. he's put john john does have followers but the um the disciples are beginning to realize they're attracting attention from um from first of all the the powers that be in jerusalem they're running out of food. That's the other thing. Yeah, they're running, which is going to be important because they're running out of food. And Tom is like, "Why can't he make food out of the out of thin air? He heals people." And Mother Mary says, "Well, it doesn't work that way with him." And you know, you want to say, "Well, why not?" <laughs> That's- well, and and then not only that, but but you're starting to see that they're starting to recognize that this isn't what some of them thought it was going. I, I think mm-hmm. Simon Z gets the first glimpse into mm-hmm. it than, that no one else got in the last episode mm-hmm. that this is going to be really different than we thought it was going to be you know mm-hmm. that, that there there's a there's a whole lot more to this following the messiah thing than they had led us to believe and mm-hmm. then and then of course now now we get towards the end of the episode and they go into shabbat and they go to 
to uh, the synagogue. The rabbi is reading Deuteronomy 23, 3-4, and the nations being excluded from the assembly of God. Jesus is hungry. Hey, he's human. And this just seems to set him off a little bit. Yes! So he kind of looks over, he finds a, a crippled man, he heals him in the middle of the service. Of course, the, the, the rabbi has a freak out about, oh my God, you healed on the Sabbath. As they're walking out, they then come and go, well, as we're leaving, here's the wheat gleanings. So they grab the wheat and eat it. And of course, that really sets off the rabbi. Because now they have now gathered food on the Sabbath. And, and I love it because, by the way, the, the, the pre-treat in this episode was David getting the uh, loaves of bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, the the, the that is set when up. Even his men were um, hungry. Sam, I have First Samuel twenty one six. Yes, yep. and 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 all you that the Easter egg is David in that scene, and you really don't know. This is a tricky one because it doesn't put the year. We don't know exactly when it's taking place. Uh, if you're if it's a it's a it's a little it's a little. Um, Again, Easter egg for the for for the biblical followers right. because uh, you know he says um, you and Saul are not on good terms. Good terms, and you know I'm going to be in trouble if I feed you mm. as you go through. So you know, so and and so. And, but but I was going to say the the words David uses is pekush nefesh, saving a life. Is Be, the yes. Hebrew. <laughs> pekush nefesh. Yeah. Um, which is which is allowed? You are allowed to violate any 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 Torah law, in the, in the name of saving a life. And, um, and by the way, healing a crippled hand doesn't fit that. Yes, and, and and the the Pharisee, <laughs> the rabbi points that out. Uh-huh. You know, he he doesn't even wait for the for the term. He just said, "Hey, wait a minute, that wasn't endangering his life. In fact, it wasn't really that big a deal at him at all." So so this is, but. He, um, but yeah, but that ends that 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 does come right out of the Bible. Yes. Matthew twelve eight, the the shocking moment where where uh, Jesus declares himself uh, the Son of Man, Man is Lord of the is Sabbath. Lord of all and Lord of the, the Sabbath. Sabbath. And it's like whoa. <laughs> and and we'll we'll be back with we've got two more episodes to cover. We'll be back right after this. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. Uh, We're back. Uh, No Church Answers podcast. 317. 317. <laughs> I found my notes. No church answers. <laughs> uh, we are looking at season two of The Chosen, episode seven, Reckoning. Everything is beginning to come together. And we have the, the again, this, uh, this rather, this, I'm going to come out and say it's totally fictional, but it works. The arrest of Jesus. 
Well, Quintus has Quintus. Well, we know from the end of season th- season one, Jesus has been sought for questioning. Yeah, Quintus. And Quintus Atticus has found him. <laughs> so, well, and, and my favorite, and this is this is Atticus all all along, and I love it. He basically sees he he gets into Capernaum. He sees the note. He rips it down. He walks it in, and he said, "I want to see Quintus." And he slaps on, and of course, the low level official looks at him and goes. You mean Praetor Quintus? And he goes, yes. And he goes, taps on the table to the notice. And he goes, did Judy face a public note? You know, this is the Lola who has no clue who this guy is. And he pulls aside the cloak that he always wears that hides the, 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 the emblem. The emblem. Uh, yes. And he goes, how about now? <laughs> you know, and, and it's just one of those. If you if you've ever seen the crusty old detective, yes, which is who, comparable to pulling. Yeah, you know, and yeah, and then of course he gets in there, and Atticus goes into the whole thing, and Quintus and or Quintus goes into the Atticus and Malleus, and and of course they trade insults because at one point Atticus looks at him and goes, I don't see how you hold your arm up with, you know, with. With no spine, <laughs> all that <laughs> armory, like you know, and they are back and forth, and then and then he says, "Go get him," and so Gaius and him grab a bunch of soldiers. Good old Gaius, we see him. You know, Gaius, Gaius is still around, and I lo- I really love the Romans in this mm-hmm. in in this series. I really do, because Gaius is the he is the dutiful soldier who's just doing his job. Who, who actually, on one level, kind of has a fondness for the Jewish people, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. You know, he, he kind of, he, he doesn't hate them. No, in fact, he's got, he, had, he, he actually, he was the closest Matthew had to a friend. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to jump ahead, Matthew has left, up right. and left, to follow this itinerant, Preacher who's literally camping out on the countryside, and in kind of a in a in kind of a plaintive way, Gaius says, "You know, he's used to expensive food." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and later when when they do encounter Jesus, they're you know they're you know every there's a little little tussle, but he's going to go quietly. Jesus looks over at Gaius and says, "Matthew's doing fine." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean you know like and and like you know. I knew like Jesus knew exactly what he was thinking. Thinking, um, and and Atticus in my mind is very neutral in everything he's doing. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're using the old, oh dear God, I'm going to freak mm-hmm. some people out playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. He is very much a lawful good. He's following the law and trying to do good. You're talking Atticus here, Atticus, yeah, okay. Atticus. Mm-hmm. You know, he's and very, his job. He's a, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's doing his job, mm-hmm. and that's really I think how he views it too. You know, I think he wouldn't hesitate to kill someone, mm-hmm. but I don't think he would just go kill to kill. Quintus, mm-hmm. on the other hand, is your mm-hmm. typical depraved Roman <laughs> despot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who mm-hmm. I want my I want my taxes paid, mm-hmm. I want everything good. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's really just you know, when Atticus gets there, he mm-hmm. goes, Hail Caesar, I did hail him already, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of comments back and mm-hmm. forth. And then so they go arrest Jesus. So when they when they get there you know, they're kind of running around and Andrew is kind of freaking out because of John the Baptist being arrested. You know, Philip mm-hmm. is. And so when they get there to arrest Jesus, Jesus looks at him and, and the first words they say are, 
or my, you know, they basically Atticus and Gaius walk up. The soldiers pop mm-hmm. on the hill, so they're mm-hmm. all surrounded. And, and they say, Jesus of Nazareth, you are wanted by questioning for a Roman official. Jesus looks at him and goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, are you armed? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, but some of my followers have daggers. And mm-hmm. what's amazing is instantly all the soldiers on the hill pull their swords out. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And mm-hmm. the women are all like, whoa. And, mm-hmm. and of course, several of the others, you know, throw mm-hmm. the women behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, good, good, good guys, you know, mm-hmm. protecting women. And Jesus looks at him and he says, can I say goodbye to my uh, Ema. Ema. And Gaius kind of gives him a quizzical look and he goes, Matamea. That, that nice touch of Latin. Latin. Yes. <laughs> that nice touch there. And he goes, yeah, okay. So Mary comes out and he says, it's fine. It'll be okay, Mom. And then they haul off with Jesus. Of course, Simon, Peter, and Matthew are back because they'd all kind of split up doing different <laughs> things. And of course, at that point, Simon utterly and totally, absolutely, you know, Andrew just totally freaks out. You know, because we because, gotta go you know, find him. Mm-hmm. Simon's like, he can tell us to come find him. He'll be fine. So Andrew takes Philip and they go into town. And you get kind of a side story because they mm-hmm. run into Tamar, who from season one was the Ethiopian woman who peeled the uh, mm-hmm. shingles back and lowered the guy into the house of mm-hmm. Zebedee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Andrew's like, you know, and she's running around telling everybody about Jesus. And Andrew's like, you've got to stop doing this. The Romans are starting to pay it. And, and you notice, as long as we're tweaking Pharisees, mm-hmm. no one cares mm-hmm. to an extent. They start to care some. But the minute you want to get the Romans in, no, <laughs> the Romans mm-hmm. can kill you, <laughs> you know, without even being mm-hmm. batting an eye. Like, yes. Yeah. And so Tamar says, all right, you and my friend, we need to split up. And Tamar says, I want to follow Jesus too. And, and he says, okay, come with us. We'll kind of figure it out as we go. And then you get in my head, and we we could spend a minute mm-hmm. or two yeah. here. It is literally one of my favorite scenes in the chosen so far, and and there are lots of favorites. Mm-hmm. This one though, I love it because they bring him in, and and they start to talk, and he's like, "Have you ever, have you ever been to the east, Jesus?" And he said, "No, but I've received visits yes. from there." Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like the guy that brought you the gifts when yes, you were yes. born? Which yes. I thought was just yeah, that was a, oh, that was awesome. That was brilliant. Yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> but then he said, "They eat their fish raw," and Jesus goes, oh, "You know," yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Eat the flesh and spit the bones out." You know, flesh you you bring us victories we can't achieve ourselves. <laughs> you settled the largest <laughs> single debt. In Capernaum history, a catch so large, we had to have soldiers guard it. But then you stole the guy that brought it in. (laughs) And he goes back and forth. And at the end of it, he goes, no more bones, Jesus. I need you to stop doing this. And Jesus says, I can't do that. And Quintus instantly goes, then I can't promise you won't stop breathing. And then Jesus looks at him and says, well, as long as we're clear about what we can and can't do, you know, which is one of those. And then and then Quintus shows his true despotic side. And, and it is a throwaway line that if you don't pay attention, you'll miss. As he's walking out, he goes, oh, too bad about your cousin John going into Herod's court like that. Wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you know, what you're starting to see is a somewhat marriage together of the Jewish people 
and the Jewish authorities going, whoa, this preacher, he's a little crazy. And he's going against God's law. And now he says he's the son of man. We need to have some conversation. And the Romans going, because Quintus is like, Atticus looks at him and says, and you don't think this is a problem? And Quintus, it's harmless, harmless. And Atticus is like, huh, 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 huh. this could be a real problem. And, and we get we get to the final episode of the season, Beyond Mountains. Um, <laughs> let's put on a show. Um, this is this is again. I don't think I've ever imagined the Sermon on the Mount like this. I got a Woodstock vibe from it with the stage oh, and, the, and the and the farmers fields. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. I don't think the con men were con men. I think they were shrewd businessmen. I, I, I don't think they were trying to con. I think they would have paid at the end of mm-hmm. the day. I I think they were trying to. They weren't trying to con the farmer out. They were trying to get the best. I, I, they I'll go the both ways. I think they really were representative of modern oh, capitalistic thinking. Definitely. What what struck me? I, I'm jumping ahead, but in the in the then they talk in the tavern where he said he specifically says that man will never have to work walk work. I mean, well, that man will never have to work again. Which and and of course the well the, the, the his apprentice says, but still, and kind of trails off. But I that I have heard Silicon Valley, someone yeah. will come up with something, and yeah, they'll pay them a couple of million for it, yeah. and the guy, and then that turns out to be a billion dollar project. Facebook oh, does you that. Mean, you mean um, like, Google like, does that? Like uh, um, <laughs> my, Microsoft buying Win- the uh, Windows program, <laughs> Windows for from eighty something from Xerox. Yes, that basically, um, yeah, or or um, Apple stealing the uh, Park. Yes, yes, then <laughs> yes. You know, it is, there is something very familiar about the the older man in that group. You know, he says, hey, you know, I just want to, I want to make enough to have, you know, control my choices, to yeah. have choices. I mean, he talks, he talks like some of the upper middle class people here today yeah. in their terms of, and, and he kind of also kind of sees it in line with God. I mean, he's, you know, this is, yeah. this is, he, I, I got, a, also got a little bit of a, of a gospel of wealth vibe from him. I'm, I'm doing, you know, this is, this is the Lord at work in my life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was very well. And and what you I, find out is later, and boy, does this foreshadow and build out. The field was full of salt. Oh, and this is the yes. epitome of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. You are the salt. and we had heard him wordsmith this. Yes. By the way, mm-hmm. you are the salt of the earth. And and what I like is they were working on it. And Jesus, be, before we really hit up, mm-hmm. Jesus and Matthew were talking. And Jesus is, and Matthew is like, you know, it's kind of harsh the way you start out. <laughs> Everyone has a job here mm-hmm. to plan for this. You know, the two Simons are planning out security. Mary's writing it out. Everybody else has to go get people to come to the sermon mm-hmm. because Jesus is there. Matthew is kind of hanging out with Jesus. And they go out in the field. Matthew falls asleep. Jesus wakes him up. And, and he says, I've got the opening. Mm. And Matthew goes, okay, give me a moment. He gets a drink out of the wineskin. Probably water, but he gets a drink out of what looks like a wineskin. Kind of wipes it off. And he pulls his pad and pencil out. Mm-hmm. Because Matthew is sitting there writing things down all the time. Which is why, by the way, we have the complete sermon <laughs> of the mountain in Matthew. And so, and then Jesus launches into the Beatitudes. 
And that is one of the most compelling scenes, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he goes through, you know, each one is, as he says it, you noted, mm-hmm. he, he, each one, it focuses on one that it could apply to. And when we get to blessed are the persecuted, it cuts, or because of righteousness, mm-hmm. it goes straight to Matthew. And he's looking right at Matthew. Exactly, as he does it. Um, it is, it is, well, what also, you know, we, as we were saying at the beginning, they were all, they were all bickering with each other at the yeah. beginning of this season. They were all really just not getting along. And here they are working toward a common purpose, making and, this, and this, this Jesus event happen. This has his manifesto. Mm-hmm. This is the, the Sermon on the Mount is the true launch of his ministry mm-hmm. in the Chosen. And, and and then we get to one of my favorite comical fun scenes at the mm-hmm. end because Jesus is there, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, <laughs> and Tamar walk up to him. And there was a fourth woman. Who's the fourth uh, one? Um, we had... Oh, Rama. 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 Mm-hmm. Rama is there. Mm-hmm. So, and Rama's there. And Mother Mary comes up to Jesus and, he, and she goes, this, this is no good. You know, and mm-hmm. he's... You're right. You're going to fade into the rock. You know, and, and he looks at her and he says, are you trying to change? I know what the Bible says. Are you trying to change that? Because I know what the He makes a says. reference to the guy. Yeah. He was like the you know, common and, looking. Yeah. And then he and then he finally says, okay, I have no still waters to peer into or mirror glass mm-hmm. to reflect in. Somebody make it. And, and the three women go through. The, yes. The four women this go is so, so costume. You know, they're, they're yeah, we're wardrobe, costuming wardrobe department. Yeah. And then Aiden comes there and they love and he introduced everybody and Aiden, I need a tiebreaker. Pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Aiden goes and they pick the color. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it, and, and the, sh- and it ends with Jesus walking out. So they had set up Nathaniel had built, by the way, yeah. a nice stage with some white, um, lack of a better term would be curtains almost. Mm-hmm. And Jesus steps out from behind. And of course, Barnaby's there yeah. <laughs> from the prior season. They come up and, you know, by the way, I think he's Barnabas, the 13th disciple. That's my other oh, projection. Oh. I have a few mm-hmm. things I'm kind of mm-hmm. projecting and wanting to call a little older, on. but uh, yeah. yeah, but, but the season ends with the slow-mo walk of him coming out, mm-hmm. just deliver the sermon. And it cuts to the huge crowd of people there. Viewing it again, I think what, what Jenkins and his crew is trying to do here is show us these are the first time these words were ever heard. Right. I mean, we hear them all the time in church. I mean, they're on, you know, posters and, 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 and not, not that they're, but, they're but nice you know, you hear now. them. Yes. <laughs> memes. Yeah. Now you, 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 it, it, they drive home and you see, and, and it's done in the context, again, of this motley crew at the start coming together in a common purpose to serve to God, to, to get literally in this case, get the word of God out to, to people. Yep. And, um, it is, it is a, a very moving, moving finish. Um, and, and he says, you know, it's, it's a manifesto. I'm here to start a revolution. I know we, we've got season, we've got season three to cover. Season four is starting very soon. What do we know about? So let's jump ahead. Season, season four. four. What's so going on? It is. We are season, taping this. We are taping this at the end of January. Yep. This is dropping, I think, January 31st or thereabouts. 30th. 30th. Good Tuesday. And so, so, uh, so what's, what's happening with so season four is actually, they're going to take three episodes at a time 
and drop them in theaters. They're going to bundle them together all at once and drop them in theaters. So the first weekend of February, you're going to get uh, episodes one, two, and three. The next weekend, you're going to get four, five, and six. They're going to skip a weekend, and then you're going to get seven and eight. And they're all going to bundle them together. And I, I would encourage you, go watch the previews, because we're going to end the season with either Palm Sunday or Lazarus' Resurrection. But Lazarus' Resurrection is always there. Um, they have said, brace yourselves, because season four is going to be the most emotional season of The Chosen so far. We're definitely going to get it because in season three, we do get introduced to some people in Herod's circle. We get to meet Pontius Pilate. Mm -hmm. And in season four, we're going to lose John. Okay. And that's going to affect things. So, at the end of season two, all 12 apostles are in place. We find out that the apprentice of the shrewd businessman is Judas. And he has joined the group looking for well, something bigger and, than himself. And, and <laughs> Jesus uses the same words to call Jesus, mm -hmm. to call Judas. He looks at Judas and says, follow me. The exact same words he used for Simon, Matthew, and everyone else in the group. That brings us to the end, but I think in a few weeks we will try to do uh, season three and then give enough time for season four to get out there and, and watch it. And well, we will visit. We will, we will take a look at that as well. I'm, and hopefully our other two guys will be back for that. Our regular host, Bill Cox, and the, the, uh, the, judge. the judge. <laughs> Together, they are both under the weather this week but we'll hope to have them back next week next week we'll return to our study of the of galatians and kind of pick up where we were uh last week as i always like to end with uh, we we at, at uh, no church answers truly uh think biblical literacy is important that's one good thing that's one great thing about the chosen how biblically literate it is how much it draws from the Old Testament, how much it builds on prophecy, those the, the Easter eggs we've talked about are great, and um, it can be enjoyed at, at many levels. Even those who are who are new to the Bible, new to Scripture, it's it's in there. Uh, and yes, uh, so maybe it's worth taking a look at to see what parts they're adapting and you know what parts they're taking some liberties with. Also to go back to some of the stories that they've touched on in the Old Testament. So basically, to conclude, please keep in, keep watching. Hope uh, we didn't spoil anything for you. And we'll be back next week. So thanks for listening. This is Steve Titch. I am the gambler. And across from me is Robert Crochu, the professor. We'll see you next time. Come on in, jump in the water.